0: Hello, hello, and welcome to a very, very special uh, new episode of Andrew's Cast. Uh, I'm sorry for the delay, but we've had six weeks of holiday and I spent it thinking hard, hard thoughts about philosophy, so I'd like to say a big hello to all you Philosoraptors who are listening, and I am sorry for the delay. Uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to finish off our little look at Plato and his theory on the world of the forms. So just, if you're a first-time listener, what we tend to do here is just do a general introduction in, uh, into some philosophy. But we're looking at this with an AQA example board Slant. Um, and so today we're going to do what would probably be useful uh, in your evaluation section of your, your philosophy essays on Plato. And we're going to explore the strengths and weaknesses of Plato's theory of the forms. I'd like to introduce uh, a very special guest today. Uh, this is uh, Mr George Bull, who's going to have some of this uh, discussion with us, um, and hopefully out of this conversation that we're going to have, we will be able to draw out and glean some of the strengths and weaknesses of Plato's theory of the
1: form. So I'd like to say, hello George, how are you today? Well? Hello, Andrew. Uh, thank you for having me on the programme. Um, I just want to warn listeners that uh, it isn't uh, George Bull a famous Scottish philosopher um, from many years ago, so if you're disappointed, hard lines. Well, I'm sure they will be
0: disappointed anyway, George, but hopefully not for that reason. So... We're just going to have a quick recap on Plato's theory of the forms. So what we've got here is is in his book, The Republic, uh, this idea that um, all empirical evidence should be rejected because mostly uh, our senses can't be trusted, and if we're going to figure out this notion of truth, then we need to look at reason and employ the use of reason. Plato famously using analogy, analogy to get his ideas across. I just want to pick your brains about this, this use of analogy first, George. Could we think that that's a strength, or could we think that that's a weakness? Because obviously, a lot of people would say that, that if there's no empirical evidence, if you can't measure something, they would say that that's 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 not much use in today's society. What 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 do you think about that? Can, can it be seen as a strength in any way?
1: Well, it, 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 it it's it's a, it's a bit of a problem for me because ours uh, view Plato is an idealist, and obviously that's a term in the modern parlance is seen as a negative, uh, but. All of the groundwork, all of the hard yards in Plato's philosophy are based on solid ideals, um, which he saw as a firm footing. I
0: just want to just want to go through because this uh, in a previous conversation I've had with you, George. We've talked about mathematics being being the, the, the really famous Priori argument, an argument that only really makes sense within the boundaries of its own argument. You've got some very definite ideas on on mathematics and it uh, being
1: a, a system. Have you can't elucidate them further. Well, yes, with the <laughs> danger of wanting to go too off topic, um, with mathematics, obviously that is the nearest we'll have to um, something outside of, like, going back to Plato, uh, yeah. forms, something you can't touch, very uh, good. it's very
0: accessible. But people, people have faith in mathematics, don't they? Yeah. So the question that we've linked back is, yeah. Yeah, why
1: do I have faith in mathematics and yeah. not in this So, so very easily... Um, with mathematics, if we look at the uh, start and end point of the number system, uh, i.e., zero or infinity, Very good. all the basic rules about numbers um, completely break down when you look at these two basic concepts. So, the two bookends that <laughs> house the whole of mathematics the rules don't apply, so slide mm-hmm. by zero doesn't make any sense, can't count to infinity, zero point nine 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 is the same as one, yep. these things don't make any sense and can't be demonstrated in any practical way at all. So so it, it feels, relating this back to all this endless loop of never quite getting there yep. to the complete system, it seems to be the criticism that Plato would inevitably fall down on yeah very good very good
0: and um, let's look at the, the, the sort of the, the plus points of Plato now now it's often been described that all philosophy is just footnotes to Plato can we I mean the, the question that's, that's commonly asked in, in in the AQA examples is um, platonic theories on the nature of reality make no sense and but another question that's answered is, uh, who was the more influential philosopher, Plato or Aristotle? Now we're we'll obviously going to look at Aristotle a little bit later on in this discussion. But just in terms of, of your thoughts on him there, why could we say that Plato was a particularly influential philosopher? And why could we say that these theories, the forms, um,
1: capture the imagination? And why might it make sense? So, uh, the beauty you have taken... Plato's lead, in terms of how he did philosophy, is to imagine that I can figure everything out about the universe just with inside my head, Very good. so I can think it out. Aristotle, who obviously a forebear of Plato and his ideas, immediately after Plato died Did he die? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean he's I just right. got that right. Aristotle went out and measured things, yeah. examined things, dissected, yeah, cuttlefish, yeah. all this stuff. So if you didn't do that, there'd be no science. Very good.
0: Just in terms of, of his idea, I just want to have a look at look at one thing. I want to go back to empiricism. It's a big thing for me, this idea of something being scientifically quantifiable and why that has meaning. Could we say that evidence from your eyes can't be trusted, evidence that like you hear can't be trusted, any empirical evidence can't be trusted? Is Plato a forebear of a, of a big
1: critique of the scientific theory? And does that have any... Um... Well, I feel we're going around the same circle here. If, if we're saying our... Um... Finally as a human are always fallible. And anything we measure by an instrument also has to be the end the end user of that is a human. Yep. And our eyes, ears, senses, touch are all fallible. When the a bit like the numbers, it, it's never quite there, it's never quite the perfection. Yep. We're always on this sort of almost getting there and then sliding away at the end. So this complete a complete system of philosophy, which many philosophers have to play one before would have promised. Is 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 in well? I don't want to use the word intangible because it might get different, not but never quite be able to touch it. Can never quite get there. I get what you're saying with that there, George. But now Plato's goal
0: was the Republic is painted. It's this idea that his famous quote at the end of it. He dreams of a world where philosophers are kings and kings are philosophers. Is it? And, and remember, Plato's looking to capture truth perfection. Is his system the best way to capture truth and perfection? And the scientific method that Aristotle and other empiricists uh, pursue, is, is that scientifically quantifiable way of reaching truth and perfection out of our grasp? And is Plato's use of reason perhaps within our
1: grasp? Well, I think you posed the, the ultimate <laughs> question there. I don't particularly have a review on that. I think I'd be rambling if I tried to answer. Just in terms of, uh,
0: and this is, this is something that a lot of students will be interested in to get their sort of band. But there six answers. There is. A's, a A's stars. We're going to look at making some links to Plato and just some of the the people that he's obviously influenced. And this is this is just getting a little bit ahead, and it's a little bit of a taste of the of the of the world of come. And um, George, one of our passions is the discussion of, of Wittgenstein and this ideas of, of of language games and things like that. Can you see Plato's influence on Wittgenstein, and to what extent can you
1: see? So, again, uh, I mentioned before, one of the beauties of Plato's system is it can all be figured out in your head. And um, Wittgenstein definitely falls into that in terms of philosophy. But equally, Wittgenstein is a very complicated character, and was very much a practical man. So, maybe he combined both. So, he was both a doer and a thinker. Yes. So, he could design and make things from a very young age. He worked in the medical arena. Very much an empiricist, but our philosophy. Was definitely uh, had existential qualities to it okay, good, okay. that that was done just within the confines of his own mind. And potentially, Wittgenstein, um, how he did his philosophy, the endless mental effort to produce what he <laughs> produced, would probably look very similar if we could go back in time to see Plato, or how he would have spent many hours pondering just that. It's a very old fashioned way of doing it. I imagine monks at Lim's Farm reading the Bible <laughs> silently, grinding through in their brains. It's, it's a very, um, Einstein probably the same, yep. but it's like an old fashioned thing hard thinking.
0: I would agree there. It, it places a great emphasis on on philosophy and, and nothing being measurable. I just want to go one other way because one of the things we're going to look at as well, we're going to look at this this idea on, on dualism and materialism. Now Plato was very influential in terms of dualistic theory, stating that a person, a human, is made up of two things, both the body and, for a better word, the, the mind or the soul. Uh, I just wanted to to have a quick word with you about that. Do you think that Plato? Uh, um, is onto something where he defines a human as having two
1: aspects to himself well potentially I'm going to answer the question from the question uh, I feel Plato uses that is the root from the uh, the very base unit of human to what links into to the more ephemeral, the more the world of the forms, so the world of the forms yes. yes the soul is the bridge to that Yes. so this dual nature of the here and now and the forever. The soul is the the bridge to that existence. So he'd be writing off his whole philosophy if humanity didn't have that root to the, the underlying groundwork that he presents. Very good.
0: Just one, one other thing and this is probably gonna be the last point that we're gonna sort of discuss in in this one because we're we're gonna move on to something something a little bit more next week. Just wanted to raise the issue that we've got on, on Plato's World of the Forms. Now Plato obviously states, and this is this is something that you can read it in a lot of criticisms of Plato, that um, there is a form for everything. Now, just wanna and I hope we're not unpicking this to the nth degree. The if there is a form for everything is there a form for negative things, for, for death, for illness, for cancer, for for war? Does Plato's idea, any theory, does it stand up to that that intense scrutiny that perhaps Wittgenstein would have posed? I think you have to restate
1: the question. Do you think that his idea that everything's got a form makes sense? Well, again. Why? Why would he exclude anything from having a form? What? What criteria is it necessary to have a form? So, they often go about tables and giraffes and these things. That is no different in essence to anything we can put a name to. So, there's no special quality of things we can touch to concepts that would rule them out having a form because the existence of a form is something far from the tangible. So, uh, I can't see what quality would separate these things out. I don't. Think Right. We have if I don't think Plato pointed out that entrance. Right Well, thank you all very much for listening again. I hope you've
0: enjoyed some of these, these, these talks, some of these criticisms that were pulled out. Just a few ideas that you can use there to pull out maybe for some evaluation in your essay section um, or if you just you just thinking to think of some problems that we've had with Plato. Um, thank you very much for listening next week. We are going to look at the anti-Plato, somebody who has, I'm not much of a fan of. We're going to look at Aristotle, we're going to look at the father of science, the father of medicine. We're going to have a look and see what impact he's got, we're going to explain his ideas and then of course we will have another discussion um, on, on on his impact, whether he's more influential than Plato. I'd like to thank George Bull, Mr George Bull very very much indeed for his, his work today. Thank you. And uh, I hope to see you again. Farewell, Philosopher's.